We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It feels like Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Miami, Miami. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heat Beat Podcast. I'm your host, Giancarlo Navas, and with me today is not producer co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins, playing the role of producer is our statistician and professional photoshopper, Christian Hernandez. Woo! Yes, I am so ready to be uh, Brian. Byron. Byron Goins. (laughs) Christian is going to fill these shoes next man up. Let's see how his... uh, uh, What is it? Player efficiency over replacement is. We have our very own... Trash tweeter, Jack Alfonso. Hey, what's up? As long as we're replacing people, can I be hot take Harry? You can be hot take Harry. <laughs> okay, so a trash tweeter, Jack Alfonso, is going to be replacing our hot take Harry, who scorches the earth with his takes. And finally, we have our very own Saucy Nuggets, Mr. Lefty Leif. What's up, what's up, what's up? We out here. And, you know, I guess I'll play, I'll play the role of Alf, since we're all picking other people that we're uh, hopping on the okay. bandwagon with. So our Heat Twitter president, Alf, you know, Saucy Nuggets Lefty Leif is playing our Heat Twitter president, Alf. Those are the characters of our show. We have a huge staff of 10. Now, by the way, we are on the Five Reasons Podcast Network, founded by Ethan Skolnick and Chris Whittingham, two Miami media veterans. So check them out on the Twitter page, at Five Reasons Sports. You can check us out, at Beat on Twitter. I'm going to link all our personal Twitter accounts in the description of this podcast. You can follow all our nonsense on our corporate account, on our personal accounts. We like to have a lot of fun on social media, on Instagram at MIAHeatBeat as well. So check us out on all those platforms and the website, MiamiHeatBeat.com. Over the offseason, we're going to hopefully 
put out more stories. We have Nikai's Duncan, our statistician, uh, and Pun Master. He really he puts out a lot of great articles like uh, that gear toward the statistical, and he's going to do a lot of video breakdown uh, in the offseason as well. So check out MiamiHeatBeat.com for that and for everything that we're going to be doing with Five Reasons uh, Podcast Network. So moving on, boys, offseason. We're in the dog days of the offseason. I have a feeling we're going to be doing the Hassan Whiteside show a million times. Later on in the show, by the way, we're going to have Manny Navarro of the Miami Herald. However, I kind of want to shift gears, not really from the offseason, but let's talk a little bit about the playoffs that are going on right now. Because before the show, uh, Christian was talking about how he's rooting for the Celtics because uh, there are people close to him that like the Celtics. And I cannot find it in my heart to root for Danny Ainge and his buck teeth. I can't do it. Like, I cannot... Like, they're the rivals, like, in terms of just, like, that organization versus the Heat in the playoff series and, like, just the like the juxtaposition of styles, like, this asset acquiring versus Pat Riley's, like, swing for the swing for the hills, you know? So it's, like, it's hard for me, Christian. I cannot be rooting for the Celtics. Can't. I mean, they're here because they made a trade with the dumbest GM of all time. <laughs> I harp on this all the time, but that move single-handedly changed the course of the NBA in a profound way. Like, and we're watching it now. Like, Jason Tatum is a star. And Jalen Brown, I think, has the potential to be a top 15 player. Like, and people are, I mean, people are giving Brad Stevens a lot of credit, and he deserves credit, sure, whatever. But <laughs> they have a ton of talent. They have a ton of talent. People that now everyone's realizing that they have, uh, what, three top, four top three picks. Four top three picks, a couple other top ten picks, a couple of like middle first round picks. That team's just talented. And former All Star Al Horford, who's playing in like his best season of his career. Top three pick. I still hate the Celtics. I agree with Gianni. I, I, there's just this little part of me that no matter what is always going to love LeBron in some kind of way. So, uh, <laughs> so, so I'm going for the for the Cavaliers. You know what's like as much as it pains for me to say that. What's weird about like the Celtics is that. Like, and it's a difference between the Sixers is that, like, I oddly respect the Celtics, but I hate them. Jack's Correct. not, Jack, you're, you're nodding your head. I respect the hell out of them, and I don't really hate them. I'm kind of coming around on Brad Stevens. I think <laughs> he's a little overrated just because <laughs> this roster is crazy talented, but I love everybody on this Celtics roster. Al Horford's awesome. Mar- Marcus Smart is fat, underrated, and how incredible. He's little justice. No. He's mini justice. How can you hate on that? Because, oh, God, his face. Jalen Brown's awesome. Jalen Brown is another, like, mini justice, but slightly guys, different game. Do you guys, guys like what I'm saying? We need Marcus Smart. Guys, we do. The marketing yeah. sells itself. Smart justice. <laughs> we can do justice better and Marcus smarter. <laughs> we got to be more creative than that. <laughs> I think those are not bad, honestly. Oh, my God. No, we're done. Do you guys think that, like, J-Ridge can go on the Jalen Brown trajectory? I mean, I don't think Jalen Brown's... Better. I think he's better. Do you, you think he's better? Right now? You and Dave Dufour. I think J- Josh Richardson was one of the best wing defenders in the league this no, year. No, he was. He should. And and, a lot yeah. of people have said he should be all-team uh, defense. Second team, at least. Leif? Yeah, I, I think he's better. Leif? No, I mean, I the funny thing about Jay Rich is that I can't um 
I can't decide whether he's more valuable to us as a player, as a starter, as a building block, or as the most valuable asset we have to uh, to get a superstar. Which, it pay, like, I, I love Josh, so you know, I I really don't want to trade him, but you know, if that's the if that's the the piece that does it, it that tugs at my heart. Chris, like, I mean, that's a that's he's, an interesting he's point. Twenty four years old, like. He's, his ceiling is yet to be determined, and I think that's what makes him so valuable. And the fact that you know what he already is, an elite defender and a guy who can hit a three-pointer and defend on the wing against some of the bigger players in the league, like you need a team full of that these days. So, And the fact that he's on a great contract for the next four years, that is a really attractive asset if you're trying to trade for a <clears throat> well. What was that? We're trying to be professional. <laughs> what a podcast network is supposed to be filling in for he, Byron Goins. He was saying Byron. whale under his breath. That was like a mat, like that was a J Rich stepping out of bounds, like his his patented move. <laughs> like that's what Chris just did. You know, I don't think we should move him yet. I think his value is just going to get higher. I think. Look at him his rookie year. He dribbled like James Ennis. His like last few years of college, he wasn't even a shooter, and now he's a three-point specialist. I think he's just gonna like rapidly improve, and next year I think he'll take probably a pretty big jump. I think he could take a Chris Middleton type jump. So he and shout out to Nikias, especially if they put him at the two. If somehow they figure out a way to get him slotted there instead. But that's Miami's biggest need. Like Miami's needed, uh, like that traditional kind of small forward type player and it would line everyone up in their proper position. They don't have that. So they're sticking Jay Rich and Justice in that position when they need like Luol Deng would be like Luol Deng of a couple of years ago would be <laughs> yeah. not, not Luol Deng now, but Luol Deng of like, you know, that, that like the heat Luol Deng would be perfect. Why are you shaking your head, Jack? He would play the four. Yeah. If he was on. Yeah. But he could he play, play the three. Three. Yeah. The four. Yeah. You don't think he would fit like they need what, what like, I, I don't know, like, what are Otto Porter? Like, I don't know what kind of guy that they're going to need. Yeah. How about Wiggins? How about Wiggins? Wiggins or Otto Porter would be perfect for this team. Do you think Hassan's enough to get Otto Porter? I imagine that they'll have better offers. No, no absolutely not. Like, that's the Otto problem. Good. I'm, I'm actually, not. like, okay with that contract on the books for Miami. Just because, like, he's the kind of player that you want. Like, long defender, shoots threes, like, lanky. You can kind of move him around, like... Him and Jay Rich defensively on the wing. That's like a really, really nice pair. And like and with Justice as well. Like, could you imagine the havoc they would wreak? Like Justice at point guard, Jay Rich at two, and Otto Porter at the three. Well, imagine a maximized Wiggins. If you could get Wiggins to play defense at the level that we thought he could play defense, and with his scoring potential, you have Justice and Wiggins playing off each other. Well, That's a nightmare. Wasn't Wiggins supposed to be a really good defender coming out of college? Like I, I thought that that was the thing that people were most banking on with him when he got drafted. I mean, maybe they just thought he could be a good defender because his measurables are incredible for how big and long he is and athletic he is. Like you would think that he would be a really intuitively, you know, strong defender, but it really hasn't worked out that way. I mean, you just watch him out there, and he's just like, it's like you know, he just loses focus. And, you know, it all it takes is a loss of focus for one second. You get burned in the NBA. Last season, he showed, like, crazy scoring potential compared to this year where he kind of had to take a back seat. And I think that that would be, a, a like, that's probably the most valuable thing we could get from him is an actual wing go-to option that can get 20-plus per game, you know. Uh, so that's like, if you can't get Kawhi, 
that's like plan B as far as I'm concerned. A Wiggins type player that you can slide in at the wing. Something that sucked for the Heat this year, like, and it was kind of indicative of their late game offense, but like they didn't have any go to. Like they had nothing that you can count on, or at least count on that, oh, I'm gonna go to this and like at least I'm gonna get something decent. Miami didn't have that. And at the end of the year it just came down to D Wade like throw something up. You know what I mean? That that kind of was but they had nothing. Like at least before they at least can say, okay, we're going to have a, a pick and roll with, you know, with a, a better Dwayne Wade up top, and we're going to see where that takes us. But nowadays, they don't have, they don't have, whose dog is that? That's uh, my dog. It's okay. At least it's not Harry. Yo, Harrison's dog, our very own hot take Harry, his dog Finn would not shut up like a couple shows ago. No, so yeah. Jack's, Jack is supposed to be Harry, so that's Jack's dog. Yeah, that's dog, me. Actually. Yeah, your dog. Yeah, okay, that's yeah. his dog. Yeah. Don't talk crap about me. About Finn. Wait, but if I'm Brian, does Brian have a dog? Brian has a Whose dog. Whose dog is that? Brian's dog. That's Gatsby. Gatsby's Brian's dog. <laughs> great dog name, by the way. Brian has a corgi. It's adorable. Gatsby's a great corgi name. Don't let him in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's one of the strongest arguments for keeping Jay Rich? The contract. He shot eight. He shot eight. No, he shot eighty-five percent the free throw line this year. That's one of the best indicators of a good shooter is being a good free throw shooter, and that's a huge. And he's improved a lot every year, just like Jack's pointing out. Maybe we shouldn't trade him. I don't know. I'm torn. Does I, that mean that we keep Wayne? No. No, I think you let go of Wayne. <laughs> I, I I loved you, Wayne, but I have moved on. I've I've made the point. We made the point with Evan. Like at this point with the Heat, they cannot be signing like guys like Wayne Ellington to deals. Like it's basically has to be give guys prove it deals. Find Jody Meeks. Find another shooter. Make them Wayne Ellington. You got speaking Wayne of, the contract. Speaking Wayne, of prove it deals, um, a player that I heard was possibly a guy that they would target if the position became a, a one of need was Seth Curry, uh, coming back from an injury. Uh, I guess he shoots really well from the corners in uh, typical Al fashion. I didn't go and look up the stats, <laughs> but um, you know, I I'm think he's a good way. corner three-point shooter, so, uh, so he would fit right in if point guard becomes a need. So keep your eye on Seth Curry as, a, as an option. Saucy Nuggets. Saucy Career nuggets. 50% three-point shooter from the corners. Better, yeah. Hassan better. Hassan probably is better. Has Hassan missed a three? Not from Never. the corner, though. Yo, it wasn't un- from the corner, right? Unleash the sun. Yeah. So, like, Miami didn't have, and I, I was complaining about this early in the season, that the Heat didn't have a backup point guard. And I thought, and I was wrong. I thought that was going to be a problem. Thankfully, like, they didn't have too many injuries on, like, the Goron front because that could have been a disaster. Like, if Goron and Tyler were kind of banged up and Tyler gets hurt a lot. But thankfully, it didn't have a lot of that. But if they do want a backup point guard, and if just, I mean, but I guess Justice might be playing point guard. Seth, Seth would be a great option. Like and they need shooting. They really yeah. Need you shooting. can kind of go back to the LeBron offense a little bit, where you have a point forward and you just have a Mario Chalmers type of guy. And I think Seth Curry can be that type of guy. Absolutely. Like you limit their responsibility in like initiating sets, and like I'm totally okay with Justice having that responsibility because I think he's shown that he's probably maybe the best trigger man on the team for like or maybe I mean obviously Dwayne, but you know out of the other guys because I think he's better at it than Goron. Oh my God, man! Yeah, Curry, forty-three percent from three for his career. Oh Jesus, but yes! You, you know Give it's me the, dog, the Curry. You know Give it's the dog days. days. Spoh's gonna you make him an All Star. Let's go. You, you know it's for the dog days when we are sil- sitting here salivating over Seth Curry, who like had a season-ending injury and didn't play a game last year. But you never know, Heat culture. Dude, I am about. 
We'll talk ourselves into anything, man. We're talking ourselves. <laughs> we're talking ourselves into Seth Curry coming off an injury. Spoke's gonna make him something. His his thirteen points a game. That's that'll be helpful. Spoke can get that well, to sixteen. What we do with guys like Wayne Ellington, where he was pretty much a core piece in the offense, and that's why I think guys like Wiggins and Curry and all of these guys are easy to salivate over because you just get that volume shooting potential spoken work with that. He can have you running off screens, getting you good looks. It doesn't really matter if you're the most efficient guy, as long as you're not Gerald green, like you <laughs> yeah. can make something Flocka. work. I miss Flocka, dude. Yeah, me too. Those are good times. That preseason. Oh, that, that, that preseason. <laughs> I had such high hopes. I was hope trafficking on Twitter at that time. Wow. <laughs> He's averaging like 30. Do you remember when Dion had that amazing like first game in the preseason? And we're like, oh my god, the Dion Waiters guy. And then the season started and he was terrible. And then like toward the end, he was the preseason Dion again. What a roller coaster, man. Didn't, didn't he have like nine or ten assists in that yeah, game? Yeah, yeah. And we were like, yo, he's gonna be a point yo, guard. Look at him distributing. Look at him, passer. He bought in. He bought into the culture. Bought in game one of preseason culture. <laughs> Injected into my veins. Six to eight weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dion. I think uh, he's heat poison. Like he is the worst thing to happen to Heat fans because when he looks good, he looks like Dwayne Wade. <laughs> <laughs> so he, you easily fall in love with him if you're a Heat fan. But then he looks bad and he looks like Mario Chalmers on a bad day. Can we talk about, because like right now I'm watching the pregame for Inside the NBA and they're showing Rodney Hood highlights. Do you remember how badly we wanted Rodney Hood at the trade deadline? I would take him. We anybody. wanted anyone. <laughs> <laughs> we, but we got it's Dwayne Wade. We got Dwayne Wade. Which is, but like I'm watching, I was like, man, Rodney's been pretty bad for Cleveland. And I was like, they dodged. I don't know if that's, I don't, I don't know what, I mean, if LeBron can't make someone work, I have questions. Are you guys excited for this Rockets Warriors series? I'm pumped, dude. You gonna watch it or are you gonna fall asleep? No, I'm watching it. No, I don't watch basketball. Watching it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I I I started this anime. It's called uh, March Comes oh, in no. Like a Lion. Oh Jesus! Let oh, me finish. No. Let me no. Let me finish. Byron! Play a sound effect. <laughs> he has none. I'm not gonna watch March Comes in Like a Lion tonight. It's an exceptional show by Studio Shaft. I love it. I'm four episodes in. I've already cried twice. But I'm gonna watch Rockets Warriors instead. How about that? I, I do like no, how the the NBA is doing off days now. Like they're doing like two off days, and I was like, oh, perfect, perfect time to watch March comes in like a lion. How disappointed are you guys in me? I, you just hijacked the show. What the? What just happened? <laughs> yeah, I love March that, comes that, in like a lion. I wanted not, to talk about it. it just I'm so that the now. listeners can get a little bit of an inside view, this was not part of the show sheet that Nakias gave to us prior no, to this show. I don't know. I see all. it right here. Show You've show gone talk about March comes in like a lion. I see it right there. Point number five. I will admit, I am not as prepared as Brian usually is. But you think Brian's prepared? <laughs> Actually, that's fair. The great illusion. <laughs> I think I'm as prepared as Brian usually is. So uh, one of our other staff members is uh, professional screw-up Alex Toledo, who just messes everything up. Brian is kind of the producer version of Alex, except he doesn't get the heat that Alex gets. I just yell at him sometimes. I think we're all Alex's sometimes. Everybody's a screw-up. I don't yeah. know how Five Reasons took us on. Oh, that's right. We have to play a promo. So Brian's not here to play the promo. So Brian's going to insert a promo right here. 
Not that we're always right on the three yards per carry podcast, but we tend to have a pretty high batting average. It wouldn't surprise me if they pulled some sort of Stefan Anthony deal, you know, with a kind of a guy who's on the perimeter on the bubble of it, you know, giving up his uh, six-round pick or whatever. If I had to make a line, I would say Minka Fitzpatrick is a clear-cut favorite to be taken at 11. But I think number one overall is going to be Baker Mayfield with the Cleveland Browns. And I don't think that Rashad Penny's going to end up here because I think he's going to go in the first round. So a guy that they can get in third and beyond is Callan Ballage of Arizona State. On Saturday, Justify will win the Kentucky Derby. But wait, that's mostly me being right. Well, maybe Chris and Simon should get some editing software. So tune in every Thursday morning for the Three Yards Per Carry podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. And uh, now we're coming back from the promo. I have no idea if Brian plays Balls Cast or Three Yards Per Carry Dude, or that promo Five Reasons. Incredible. I don't know what Brian played, but <laughs> Brian, you played it. You played the hell out of it. See, I would. Yeah, actually, I can't wait to listen to that show. Yeah, this is, I'm, listen, our affiliates here at Five Reasons, they know. This week on the Five Reasons Podcast, we're joined by the original coach of the Miami Heat, Ron Rothstein. If I remember correctly, we're in the locker room one night, and next thing you know, the door opens, and here comes Shaq with a wheelbarrow. <laughs> and he wheels the wheelbarrow into the locker room, and he had all the 15 strong cards in the wheelbarrow and dumped them on the floor in the middle of the locker room. Everybody's looking at one was like, what is this? And they were the cards. That's how we introduced the 15 strong to the team. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Pat Riley <laughs> Pat Riley had Shaq use a wheelbarrow and dump yeah. him in the locker room. That was his way of introducing it to the team. I think so. I think that's, that's what incredible. I remember. Incredible. Multiple brilliant stories just like that one. Check out the podcast on iTunes, on Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Five Reasons Podcast. No, I'm like legitimately like you should, you know, um, if you're a Heat fan, you should honestly check out Ethan's show, The Five Reasons Flagship. They have a lot of guests on, and they tell great stories. Ron Rossing was on the other day telling hilarious stories from 2006. So um, good. So good. Like, And Ron Rossing's a great storyteller. I cannot recommend that enough. They've had Eric Reed on. They're going to have Tony Fiorentino on in the future. Um, I believe they're having Stu Gatz on next show or the show after. Evan Cohen's going on. So, like, a lot of our guests and, like, people that I know their audience would like are going to go on Ethan's show. So, you should check that out. Like, honestly, that that's a great show for, for Heat fans. We're going to try to bring in Manny Navarro now. Manny! Mr. Navarro, are you there? I feel like, is he on the road? I, don't, I think so. I think I'm on the road. Should I pull over? No, you're good. Hi, Manny. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank well, you for uh, inviting me on. Welcome to the proceedings here. It's your maiden voyage. That's right. You guys have been at this for how many years now? Five. Five years. And this is the first time I've been on the beat for three years. So this was like, you guys were saving this, right? This is we like were. a special occasion. We were waiting for us to join a big time network to have you. Because like, honestly, we had Anthony on like a million times as a warm up. Right. Yeah. Like Anthony, <laughs> Anthony who, who Chang. Who Anthony is? At the opening <laughs> Anthony Chang of the Palm Beach. Dude, we've had... A, Manny, we Anthony's like on call for us. Like we'll be doing a show and we'll just call Anthony randomly and ask him questions. He's we don't want to like that. I do it all the time myself, actually. You go bother poor Anthony. Ch- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like in the middle of like helping his pregnant wife or you know. <laughs> poor Anthony, Father Anthony Chang. Oh my goodness gracious! So, welcoming Manny from the Miami Herald in to talk some Heat basketball with us. Um, Manny. 
Yes. We have been talking a lot about the Heat offseason lately, and particularly uh, not this show, but our past shows. Like, where the hell does Deion Waiters fit into their plans? What are you hearing? Because he's kind of been the thing that we haven't, like, kind of that shadowy figure in the dark. Like, nobody's really, okay. what's going on? The last time I saw Dion, I want to say it was like early March. He was hanging out in the locker room, and he looked like he put on a few pounds. <laughs> so I know you guys are all excited about that. Dion Waiters. It looked like he hadn't been running a whole lot, which, you know, I guess you could understand that considering he had ankle surgery. Coming but off injury. Like he's been enjoying, like, nachos or something. <laughs> and, you know, he was all excited about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl and, and like, you know, wanting to come back, and he was in a good mood, you know. I, I think, look, I think, unfortunately, because he's had surgery and you don't really have a lot of options out there in terms of teams that would be interested in acquiring him, I think you just kind of have to ride it out and hope that he comes back and, and looks like the Dion that he did in the second half of uh, last season. Well, like, they're going to need some more, like, ball-handling guards because I think that became a problem especially I, I think wasn't he christian I mean, you could probably speak to this better wasn't he one of the better late game players in the league in terms of like i mean yeah he, he twitter loved that that he was just like a clutch god for some reason and then you know obviously as his as his foot got worse his numbers obviously declined but i mean and last season uh, not the one that just ended but the season before i mean he was he was really great in the clutch like he numerically was great. He was pretty great overall like yeah, this, this, he shot forty percent from three. I mean, and people and people don't remember that. And he played great off Goran as well. They they were really uh, clicking the two of them. And he's really good yeah, defensively. No I, I was just gonna add to that that I, I feel like I, I remember looking at the numbers in terms of clutch uh, performances and so forth. In terms of just this season, uh, not even what he did the year before, but this season. I think his numbers are pretty much on par with Dwayne, if not a little bit better than what Dwayne did when Dwayne, you know, came back here. Yeah, no, I think they were better. I think looking at, at the at the metrics that he was better, and it was like I think Nick, our our very own Nikai's Duncan, uh, he was rubbing that in our faces. That look, look, Dion Waiters is better than your God. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> no, why? What a bully. Yeah, Nikai. The, the one. <laughs> well, and as Dwayne can, you know, as he. Maybe doesn't contribute as much. Maybe that's something Dion can provide next year. That can be kind of the niche that you know he fills. Uh, is that go-to late game option that can create his own offense? So I think there's still hope there. As much as Dion frustrates me in not exactly the same way as Hassan, but somehow I end up in that same place when it comes to Dion. Um, I think that we can salvage him. Yeah. I mean, well, speaking of Hassan, Manny. Um, what do you think? Obviously, Hassan is like the biggest source of toxicness within the fan base right now. So what do you think the Heat do with him? Do you think they try to make it work? Do you think that there are possible trade partners that would actually take him on? Uh, what have you been hearing on that? I mean, look, I think there's no question that internally there's a lot of people who want Hassan gone. They're kind of tired of his act and they're tired of sort of having to put up with his immaturity issues and complaining about playing time, complaining about not getting enough touches. Um, I, I just think that if given a choice, if there's an actual possibility out there of getting rid of him, there's no question they're going to do it. Um, but the question is, what's going to happen in the NBA this summer? I mean, I don't think any of us last year saw all the movement that ended up happening, happening, you know? And so I, I could see players getting moved this summer that we're not expecting to get moved just because teams are are so desperate to, you know, catch the Warriors and catch 
Houston and whoever the hot team is going to be at the end of the season. You know, I, I just think you're going to start to see players move, and I think there's going to be an opportunity for the Heat to move Hassan, but they're going to have to give up some some nice assets, which to me, you know, there's really four four quality assets that I think other teams would want. I think, and I know some of you might laugh, but I think Justice is one of them. Uh, Josh Richardson, Bam, and I think the 2019 first-round pick. Oof. I think those are four assets that could all be used as sweeteners, legitimate sweeteners, to get Hassan out of here. Man, I don't... Like, I hate the idea of having to attach something of value just to get that guy off the books. Now, we had Evan Cohen on uh, two shows, two either last week or two shows ago. He was talking about how he thinks that this offseason it's going to be a lot of teams rearranging bad contracts. So, like... Yes. like team a giving team b like they're swapping bad contracts because maybe they think oh no we'll make your bad contract work and you take my bad contract and you can make that bad contract work kind of like right. that a lot of that uh evan predicted going on and i read i think uh i forgot who reported it but somebody i, I read a report that uh some gm thinks is going to be a lot of like a very active trade off season more more than yeah that, i think that was kevin pritchard from the indiana pacers and yeah. that's where i think uh, you know hassan they're going to be able to find a deal for him i don't i start to question whether maybe they look at combining Gorn with hassan and what does that get you is there a team that wants to try to go and, and make a playoff push that would take on those two guys and you're going to take on big money and if uh if that could be the piece that you attach so that you don't have to necessarily come off of uh, any of those assets because I know some people do laugh about justice as an asset but I think in the playoffs he kind of found something that is uh, that might be sustainable so uh, I, I, I consider him, him pretty valuable yeah I know you got to see that through I agree you he's gotta, 22 he's 22 we're talking about Jalen Brown like he's the second coming he's Jalen Brown's 21 justice is only a year older than him like justice is, has turned a corner like I I, I I legitimately believe that he's going to be a difference maker in the league like I'm he's here 14 years old it's got all the potential in the world. I think Justice, to be honest with you guys, I think Justice is sort of like the perfect sixth man on a really good team. Like, because he can play the point, he can rebound for you, he can play defense, all of those things. I think a team that feels like it's close would probably be willing to give up something of value for Justice as a six as a six man type role. Um, Manny, we were talking about Justice two years ago saying Andre Igudala. Like people we we were not really doing the Kawhi thing. We were doing the he can be Andre Iguodala, and he's become more Iguodala than anything. Like that playmaker, defender, kind of creative guy. And now that the jump shot's coming through, he shot really well uh, last season from three. He was thirty-eight percent. Yeah, only two attempts, but that's that's corner turning because he shot the same the same amount of attempts the year before. It shot twenty percent. So yep. that's that's a big difference, and he played more yeah, games this season. Yeah, there's no question. I, and I, and what, I, what I really liked about Justice more than anything was the confidence. Like, you didn't see a guy who was scared in the playoffs at all. Like, you saw the kind of guy that you want to see. He was out he here. A, a real set of, you know what, on him, you know? And, and that's what he had. He, he didn't care. And he was sticking his face in it and, and not backing down from anybody. And, and unfortunately, you didn't see that from a lot of other guys in the playoffs. But I thought that was kind of weird because Miami doesn't, like... I kind of disagree with you. I don't think anybody was really playing scared. I just think they couldn't get it. Like, Goran doesn't play scared at all. Dwayne obviously never plays scared. I think Hassan had his fits. But, like, all those guys, <laughs> like, they, man, they go at it. Like, th that series was well, weird. I guess what I mean is, like, deferring. Like, Justice didn't care what the situation oh, was. Oh, no, no, yeah. He was rebounding and pushing. Like, that was right. awesome. Coast to coast, yeah. I think, I think unfortunately, there's too many other. It's, and to me, it comes back to, like, being the alpha male, right? And having 
what Dion has, which is Dion doesn't care. He's going to shoot it 25 times. Mm-hmm. That, that can be good and bad, but I think, I think ultimately you need that. Like the best NBA players have that. You have to have that level where you want to take a game over or you want to really put your, your imprint on a game, and Justice has that in him, which is what I, which is what I really like about him. Do you guys does, see- ju- does Justice have more of that than Josh does? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think we've seen a lot of that this season with him kind of coming back from the injury. Manny, you've been around him all year. Uh, have you seen like kind of a growth with Justice getting more comfortable with his footing coming back from like a season-ending injury? Does he feel more confident, more healthy? Yeah, and I think a lot of it is just opportunity. You know, I mean, there were parts of the year where he wasn't playing that much, and then now towards the end, it's like Eric had him out on the floor, you know, probably more than anybody else. And so I think the more opportunity he got, the more opportunity he had to play, he saw a guy that really, to me, took a step, like, from his rookie year to his second year, you know, because I don't even count what happened last year. I think he played, what, 18, 20 games? Yeah, so... Did he get hurt after that Laker game that was, like, his best of the season? That was his best career game, and then he got hurt after. Right, yeah. Yeah, I think he had, like, 20 points or something like that, and and I remember writing that game story saying, oh, look, maybe this is Justice's breakthrough, and the next thing you know, he has the injury against the Celtics, and he's out for the year. How bad would it hurt if we attached him to Tyler Johnson? Oh! (laughs) (laughs) Manny, like, be honest. Like, do they regret? Like, they have to have buyer's remorse, right? Like, people in that organization have to have buyer's remorse on. We shouldn't have acted so emotionally. Now, I've heard that they've that they asked Tyler, like, "Hey, Tyler, listen, we'll give you the money, but we'll spread it out over over the years." And he said, "No, I, you know, I." I, I agreed to this Brooklyn thing, and I'm 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 going to stick to my word of my verbal agreement with Brooklyn. Now, do, do is there buyer's remorse there or what? Because that hurts. This is going to hurt this year. Yeah, I mean, I think there's no question that that there's buyer's remorse. But look, the way I look at it, and I know it's a bad contract because it's 19 million the next two years. But the way I look at it is, to, if it's 12 and a half over four years, you take it because he can give you, you know, 10 to 20 points a game off the bench. And I think this year he looked really bad. Because he was counted on to be a starter with Dion out, so I, I know it looks. I know it's a deal everybody hates and everybody wishes Tyler was out of here. But in the end, how much of a difference is seven million dollars going to make? A lot. Yeah. I still really well, like him. The, I, I think kind of the other the other overarching question is: Can you really go into next season with Gorn making the amount of money he's making, TJ making that amount of money, Dion on the books, Wade? You know, like it starts to get complicated that way with the log jam, also. Right. Well, I mean, I think Wayne's gone. To be honest with you, I think Wayne's gonna get more money elsewhere, and I just. Woo! I don't, Sorry, think, I don't think you go into the tax for that, you know. No. So, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, guys, it's gonna be such a crazy summer with guys getting traded, players on the move, and and so I just who knows what's gonna happen. I really, I'm really at, like just guessing here and and bullshit you guys, but it could be any anything could happen this summer. Write that down, Brian. Write that down, Brian. Is Brad? Is that Brian? <laughs> Yes. Oh, look at that. Our producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins, is Wait, joining the show. Wait, who, who am I now? No, you're still Brian. No, you, Brian, you're Christian Hernandez. Uh, Manny, on the show today, everyone's taking on other roles. Brian, you're a statistician and Photoshopper Christian Hernandez. Christian, I want small samples. <laughs> Wait, Christian, aren't you in the Bahamas right now? <laughs> I I got back this morning just for this show. Look at that. Company Wait, did you man. tell us how you met Donovan Mitchell yet? Uh, why, oh, why, yeah, no. why do you come in the show? We're doing interviews with Manny, Brian. Why are you coming in and like ruining everything? That was cool, though. It was on the Lazy River. Oh, he you was chilling. Yeah. You saw Donovan Mitchell <laughs> on the Lazy River? Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Let me tell you guys. 
Let me tell you guys something, because you brought up Donovan Mitchell. All right, somebody who was in the draft room, who's not an important figure, but who I trust, told me that he would not have drafted Donovan Mitchell. What? What? Get out, man. Better. Who? Manny. They didn't even have him in the top Wait, no, they got to reveal your source now. Manny. You have to get that (laughs) here. You you don't have to reveal the source, but who were they going to take instead? That, I mean, was it Bam? Bam ranked higher. They had, I think, Bam seventh on the list. Wow. Oh, my God. That hurts so bad. That is new information. That is new information. Africa, Bam better. I would have. I I know Ethan got different information, but I really, like, I I honestly feel like I can trust this guy because he's told me stuff before that he's been right on and i'm like okay i gotta even though he's not high on the totem pole i can tell you he'll he'll cut through the bs and he'll tell you the truth oh my so god so he getting kawaii <laughs> why do you come in we were having a perfectly good interview i hate that you just come in and ask all the questions you just you be quiet producer i i i no to be honest with you i just i, I can't see like the spurs giving up Kawhi to the heat like there's so many other teams that have draft picks and so many other things to offer it's just Again, it could be a wild summer. Anything could happen, but I just don't see. I see Miami ultimately. What I really see happening this summer is like Rolling it out. what you guys were talking about earlier, trading one bad contract for another. I could see the Heat getting like Carmelo and giving up Tyler Johnson. Yo, let's go. Give me Mahimi. Let's you do know, it. Getting, getting, getting a guy like Carmelo for one year or whatever and, and, and getting that second year of Tyler's off the books. I could see them doing something like that. Manny, would they give up justice to do that? Do you think that they would do, like, oh my God. is, is that what you're implying? so angry. They, they might. I mean, it depends. It just Riley, depends why? are actually getting offered by other people. But I think, in all honesty, I think that's a deal that makes sense. You could get Tyler off the books for, for that extra season, and you give up one guy, either Justice or Josh, to do that. I think that he does it. That sounds awful. Manny, do you know that I've been, like, leading this crusade against Tyler since the day that contract was signed? I know you are. Like, <laughs> I know you are. But, like, I, I, you know, everyone laughed at me. They said, you're overreacting. Tyler's going to get. I get to be right. I, I finally, yeah. I finally get to be right. Everyone you told me, I- this is so movable. This is so, this is a great deal. They had to do this. No. You're still wrong. I'm he's so looking right. looking at me, just so y'all know. I'm not looking, looking at everyone. I'm actually thinking of Harrison or Hot yeah. Take Harry. Because, like, Manny. Dwayne wanted the third year at $20 million, and this would have been it, right? This would have been the last year for Dwayne. We would have never yeah. had to go through that Chicago nonsense, that Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Like, Dwayne Waite would have never happened. He would have been here the whole time, and uh, Tyler would have been a net. Yeah, you're right. That, that would have been the case. I mean, <laughs> we would have been done. That's it. We would have been done. No long jam to- at guard. Dion wouldn't be here. If they signed Dwayne Wade, Dion Waiters is not here. Well, Look at you came, basking in this glory. Johnson. Calm down. <laughs> That's nineteen million plus ten million, or what is Dion? Ten or eleven, whatever that number is, off the books. That's over twenty million dollars. That that could have been right there. Dwayne, thirty, almost thirty million dollars. They would have saved ten million in cap with Dwayne. They would have had a little more wiggle room. I'm telling. That off season was such. Oh my god! And then the did Kelly- you guys hear him call him <laughs> He's having Dwayne a breakdown. Wait. Yes, he did. Yeah. What 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 was Manny? You saw him in Cleveland. Wayne. Yeah, I, didn't Riley say when he came, you've eaten your last pancakes? Like, wasn't yeah. that the phone call? Yeah, when Dwayne came in, he was probably at least 10 or 15 pounds heavier than they wanted him to be. He's always and 10 or 15 pounds heavier than they wanted him to be. I, I, let me tell you, like, I know that we love Riley and we love the Godfather stuff and the culture, but honestly, I think I'd be miserable as a player. Like, I'd be like Jared Dudley, who's gone on record and saying, I don't want to play there. That sounds terrible. 
Like yeah, but you've lost a ton of weight. Though. I know, I but it's should... miserable. It's not fun. You think it's fun to eat salads and go to like I was I run five miles a day. You think that's fun? I hate it. Humble brag. Humble, humble brag. Yeah, I was I was cramping today. Felt like LeBron out there, except you know. Can I, I... Can I ask you guys a question? Because this is the debate that I have with Anthony Chang all the time, and and the sports the writer roundtable. Let's, let's go. No. <laughs> um, which is the bigger mistake in Riley's part? Signing Hassan. Or giving the long contracts to guys like JJ Dion. Let me definitely the latter. Let me, the latter right? for sure. Yeah, I think for sure. Evan Cohen made the great point on our show that you can't judge the Hassan contract until it's done because it's not what Hassan is; it's what Hassan can get you. So if if they lose assets getting rid of Hassan, you have to judge that contract negatively. But because of the way the cap situation worked at the time, they could not extend Hassan. So he had to be a free agent. And either you lose that for nothing or you keep him and try to flip him later, which at the time was the right move. They had to keep him. They didn't have options. Like now we can look hindsight and say that was bad. But at the time. You thought, okay, this is a guy that is 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 relatively youngish. He's not going to be on the back end of his career by the time this contract is over, and it looks movable. A lot has so, happened, but so that summer that we that we uh, signed Hassan to the max deal, Justice had, was that the year that he came off the Toronto playoff series? Am yes. I following that that correctly? Mm-hmm. So if that summer I said we're going to sign Hassan to a max deal, but in like two years we're going to trade Justice. To get rid of him. That's bad. Now, is that better than... No, it's bad. Than not Giannis and JJ and, and KO, which I love the Olenek contract, actually. I think that it fits perfectly. Um, I think they can move that... I don't hate that... the JJ one either, but I love JJ. So you I know think they goes. can probably move Kelly next year for some sort of pick, like to a good team. Like I that, not, that will need you him? You are not trading Kelly Olenek. No, no, I am no... on the show. You are not doing that while <laughs> yeah. I am here. I hope they trade not. him to nothing. Take I would stance, have to change like, my entire persona. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Maple Rick. Here, Hassan was a gamble. The JJ signing was dumb. Like, there's no metric where the JJ signing wasn't dumb. <laughs> I love JJ too, Culture. but he was like 30. Hassan had potential. JJ, you signed him off his best year to a long, expensive contract to be your what captain. Do you think, though? And look, I'm a terrible beat writer. I don't, I don't read like a ton of other people. I know you guys pretty much. <laughs> you guys read everything, so I'm gonna ask you this question: Did you ever see any competing offer for JJ, Dion, or Kelly? We were the Jazz supposed uh, to be king off yeah. of JJ. I didn't hear like I heard that that Utah was in line for JJ and that they were extremely interested and that was the team that was providing the leverage but I never saw that reported uh, and but I have seen some jazz folks on Twitter just recently actually uh, talk about adding JJ and they were looking at players around the league that they um, would be interested in these are fans I'm talking about now uh, right. so I think Utah kind of has a crush on James Johnson so it's always knows. Utah or Denver leveraging the heat it's always one right. of them. It's always, <laughs> always four one. Years, but four years, guys. I mean, at his age, four years. No, I. Yeah. I think Riley absolutely no, I don't think caved. He gotten the same thing anywhere. I think that. I mean, I that I think that's why I think Riley's mist- bigger mistake is that because you yeah. had no. There's no reason to give those guys four year deals. You could have very easily signed up to one or two year deals and gotten their gotten them off the books to clear yourself up for 2019. My thing, no, you could have easily done a one year deal for other proven veterans like Tyreek Evans this past off season or 
players like Jody Meeks, like we were mentioning on past podcasts. Instead I miss like, Luol Deng. You know, and and it's it's weird, uh, Manny, because Riley's no, normally been really good at letting guys walk. I mean, Dwayne among them, Luol Deng among them. Like, so he kind of it felt very vulnerable for him to kind of like do these panic signings. It almost felt out of character. Like he really wanted to reward these guys. I don't know. Like it, it just the entire summer seemed, and the Kelly Olynyk contract came out of nowhere. Like. Right. Like I don't know if you were had heard anything, but I know that that just fell out of the sky for us. We were like, what? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had heard that they basically wanted to get the right version of Josh McRoberts. They, they, they that, that's really what <laughs> they Eric went after. Wanted. Another white guy with a ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> they really wanted to get it right. Like, they felt like <laughs> that was an important need for the team. Like Eric wanted a three-point shooting center. <laughs> so at the time, I didn't picture Kelly Olynyk, but. That's what I had heard, and so that's what ended up coming down the pipeline. But I, I was stunned. I was stunned just like you guys. We couldn't believe that. We were like, what? I was so mad because, I mean, and he also had the reputation of being a really dirty player. I think he was coming off that playoffs, uh, those playoffs. He had some moments, and then the, that time he hid behind the referee um, when that wizard tried to fight him. Do you guys remember that? No. Yeah. In that playoffs. He ripped Kevin Love's arm yes. out of its socket. Yeah, he did, he did do that. Good for him. Has has McBob played? Has has Josh Roberts played a game? We went over this. He played five minutes. Oh, that's right. He put poor McBob. Dude, I liked McBob's. Manny, I was like, I was out here standing Josh McRoberts. I don't think it was that bad. He was a really good defender. You thought he'd be like KL. Do not feel bad for Josh McRoberts, man. When he was in Miami, that dude was not playing any basketball. He was hurt, so he didn't have to work out or anything. Fault. He was just on boats with girls, just living the life. Like, that guy had a great time. Manny, how, how is Josh McRoberts, like, he was like boys with Dwayne and Udonis and Bosch. How did that happen? Like, that was honestly the most surprising, like, McRoberts thing to us. It was like, how is this guy, like, chilling with Dwayne and Bosch and, like, the, the cool people? I, I, you know, it was the weirdest thing, but I, I, I think at some point there was just like a falling out because wait, what? He wasn't, he wasn't really like hanging out with the guys. Like Josh was always, at least from when I was, I've been covering the team for the last three years. I, I just, I didn't really see him hanging out with the guys as, as, as much as you guys describe. I think it might have been going, that might have been happening early on, but towards the end, I mean, he was kind of like the lone wolf off, off by himself. I Damn, mean, yo, that, they the did the Bob's nasty. Made, <laughs> the comments that he made when we were in the Bahamas about being the white guy who's always hurt. I mean, that <laughs> that was one of the highlights of, uh, of all my with, uh, with the Heat. Wow. That's yeah. quite self-deprecating of him. All right, Manny. Yeah. We're running out of time on the show. But before you go, we have to ask you, of course, about the infamous six to eight weeks. Yes. What ha- what happened there? Because we, you know, we had we had our source that uh that is very credible and told and we vetted this, and we were told that what was it a a, a type two was it late a type two ankle sprain or whatever that it was going to be six to eight weeks. It was between uh, a, a grade two or grade grade three uh, ankle sprain. Yeah, it was the most severe of them, whatever that okay, is. Okay, so, but let me paint the picture for the audience. So Dion, for those of you who are new to us, when the Dion waiters like really bad ankle injury happened in the in the middle of their like thirty and eleven finish. Dion gets hurt, and we have on, on good information that this is going to be a six to eight week injury. So we, you know, Brian and I are journalism students. We we do our thing, and we we call up our sources, and we're like, okay, we, we feel comfortable publishing this on our site. So we publish a story that Dion Waiters is going to miss six to eight weeks of injury. Right after that, 
Anthony Chang and Manny Navarro are coming out reporting that that know that that the Heat are not sure that that like and it seemed very like coincidental. That's why Anthony Chang has a nickname on our show, the Puppet, that we joke that they, that he is he is Anthony Pat Riley's Chang. puppet. Yes, exactly. Hi, Anthony. Um, that he is our puppet. He is he's okay. puppet. So Manny, what happened after that? After we put out that report, because I need to know. Well, two things happened. One. Immediately, I was approached by somebody with the heat who said that it's not true, it's not true, it's not true. Um, and then I, I spoke with Dion in, in the locker room. And Dion, the way he expressed it to me was, it's not that serious, I'm going to be back for the playoffs. So I don't know if part of this is just Dion trying to oversell it, like I'm going to come back and be available for the playoffs no matter what, like just having sort of that, positive attitude and making me really believe him or if it was just BS from the get-go and the heat and everybody was in on it, you know, like we're going to, we're going to deny this. I don't take the heat for that. I honestly don't like, I, I don't ever feel like they flat out lie to us about things. They'll try not to tell us something. But when it came to that particular story, I spoke to Dion and obviously I spoke with somebody in the heat and, and both of them were pretty much adamant that he'll be, that he would be able to play at some point. They came out fast, and, Manny. They they came out fast. They did. They did. Come, they did come out fast. I mean, that's so funny. But but I'm telling you the truth. I mean, that's exactly what happened. And so, um, you know, I I kind of I have to do my job too. I'm of there course. No, listen. And and they come yeah. to you, and you know you that you have great sources as well. So you know, obviously, you know, and we're we're just poking fun at you. But you yeah. best case, but Manny, you have to be right. Now it's all after the fact. You have to be right. Was Dion Waiters indeed going to be out six to eight weeks? I don't know. Oh! <laughs> Great answer. 